always a great comfort to them and has been through the years most of the time. <laughs> but look over at Genesis 5, and uh, something just to add to your understanding if you don't already know it. As you look at the coming flood, this would be your second day of reading, uh, January 2nd every year by our Bible reading calendar when we come to Genesis 5. And uh, in verse 28 it says, And Lamech lived in 180 and two years and begat a son. Now that's waiting, amen? <laughs> we think if you wait to be uh, 30, you're uh, waiting a long time. Look what verse 29 says, read that. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. Now, uh, we always tell you, if you look and pay attention to the context, you'll see the words in the Bible have built-in definitions in the text. And if you think logically about verse 29, you would maybe come to the conclusion that the word uh, name Noah means comfort. And that's why it says, this same, this child born, is named Noah, because this same shall comfort us. So Noah is a comfort just like the rapture. And so you compare the two. What's going to happen before the rapture? What happened before the flood? Noah was born. He was a comfort. And then he built the ark. God saved him from the wrath and then destroyed the earth. That's what's going to happen with the rapture. God is taking His children away from His wrath. We'll see that in our future studies. We have not been appointed to wrath. Can you say, thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you have not been appointed to wrath. Like Noah, you are going to be saved from the destruction of the earth that's coming. Now, I want to answer the critics because Enoch's literal rapture before the flood does not negate this second type. People say, well, I think Enoch pictures the rapture of the church before the flood. That's true. But types aren't uh, the same as just doctrinal statements in the Bible, and so God will repeat types at times. For example, uh, we see, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we see Enoch and Noah, both. Enoch's removed to heaven. Noah was removed into the ark away from the wrath of God. So in both cases, it pictures the rapture. Now, repetition and types appear at other times in the Old Testament. Remember Joseph? You remember Joseph, most of you are aware, he serves as a type of Jesus Christ, right? He also serves as a type of the Antichrist. Did you know that? How do you, yeah, they, uh, what's he do? He takes everybody's means to be able to make a living for themselves. Everything goes to the Pharaoh. And now, you can't buy, sell, or trade unless you're a part of the program. They did it and they did it willingly. Now, it wasn't a sin there. It was a picture of something to come, though. And Joseph pictured the Christ and the Antichrist. And uh, you'll see that in, in other places. The Old Testament high priest. Uh, this is an example of two types picturing the same thing. The high priest. Who's your high priest? Jesus. The high priest offered a lamb. Who's your lamb? So there's two types at one time. The high priest and the lamb, both picturing Jesus, just like 
Enoch and Noah both picture the pre-trib rapture. 2 Peter 2.5 said, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So that's what Noah is picturing. And he was a comfort. Noah was a comfort. Just like the rapture itself, what he's a type of, what he's picturing, is a comfort to you and I today. So back to the text in verse 18. 1 Thessalonians again. Chapter 4, verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're going to see it again in the next chapter. We're not going to study it in depth, but let's look at it. Chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Uh, I'll let you read the odd verses with me. I'll start verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Now here, look at that. That's not talking about being dead. In our chapter we're in, it refers to those who are asleep in verse 13 as being dead. Well, the Bible's confusing. <laughs> All you have to do is look at the context. He's talking to people who he's writing a letter to, so he's obviously not talking to dead people. How many of you send email to dead people? You shouldn't. Therefore, let us not sleep. That's talking about a spiritual stupor, as do others. But let us watch and be sober. Verse 7. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober. No Christian should be smoking pot. No Christian should be drinking till they're drunk. No Christian should be taking any drugs that put you out of a sober mind. It's right there. But let us, who are of the day, be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Now those who are spiritually asleep, those who are uh, high on drugs, those who are drunken, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, when the Bible says drunken, it's just talking about the fact you're not, in a, you're not sober. And anything, if your doctor puts you on medication that puts you in that kind of state of mind, get off it. Amen? Amen. If you eat foods that do that to you, some people can't drink uh, caffeinated drinks. They can't have caffeinated coffee. They can't have caffeinated tea. They can't have caffeine in their pop or whatever. Uh, uh, Pedro's one of them. Brother Pedro. Ask him what it does to him. He doesn't persist. Well, I'm going to drink it anyway. Because I like the taste of it. You know, anything that messes your mind up, you should get away from it. Amen? Amen. If not you're not going to find comfort in God's Word. You're not going to find comfort in the truths of God's Word. God's Word works on the sober mind. And I'm convinced that a lot of people we know who are miserable as Christians is because they're not functioning with a sober mind, and so God's Word doesn't penetrate. And of course, why are so few people being saved today? Because you're preaching to a bunch of people who are high on something. And a lot of them got the dope from their doctor. 
Of course, we saw this back. Go back to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you, and what? Comfort. To comfort you concerning your what? Faith. Faith. Uh, jump down to verse uh, 13. Read that with me. To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So even he sent Timothy to be a comfort to them, but even that is attached to the coming of the Lord in verse 13. That's the whole context. So uh, sometimes we can comfort people by simply being there. Timothy being sent there. But it wasn't just the fact he was there. Now, it is, there is something to be said for people who may be lonely or something, just anybody being there. Uh, sometimes just having a, a pet with you, you know, can keep you from feeling loneliness and that sort of thing. But if you really want to be a comfort to somebody, then be somebody that other people know is saved and spirit-filled and full of the Word of God, loves Jesus, and can comfort them with the Word of God. If, if there's somebody who needs comfort and you can be there with them and they know that you know the Word and that you can share some comfort from God's Word, you'll be a comfort like other people cannot be. I've gone into, it's a sad thing, I've gone to, into hospitals to visit with somebody and they said, you know, I love my family, but they're no kind of comfort like you've been to me. You know why? It wasn't my face. I talked to them about the Lord. Amen. We talked about God's Word. We talked about... I've been a deathbed with people and their families. Some of them even claim to be Christians and they don't mention the Lord. And I sit there and I just say what I thought all Christians would talk about at a deathbed. Jesus saith, I am the resurrection and the life. If any man believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's to you. Oh, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I just thought that's how Christians always talked and acted, especially at a deathbed. Amen. It's not. Not as far as the majority of professing Christians I know and seen at a deathbed. But it can be someone who's going through anything in life. And you know what? You don't have to, although you ought to be trying to memorize the Word. Start with Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And that will motivate you to memorize more scripture. Amen, Janie? Yes, sir. Amen. Janie's, Janie's memorizing scripture. Amen. Yeah. Brother Darren's memorizing some verses. Yeah. Some of these young Christians are going to pass you all up if you're not doing it. Amen. <laughs> but we have a little book over here called Bible Promises. Or you can just make your own. As you're reading through the Bible, make notes of Bible verses that are encouragement to you. And then when somebody calls you up or you're on the phone or you're going to go visit them, grab the notebook and take it with you. And say, i got, you know, this verse here. They're not going to be upset that you didn't have automatic recall. You just look at it and say, look this verse right here. And of course, I know people who have done that with their Bible. So they take their Bible with them, they open it up, and they just, they know where to go. That's the great, that's a good way to do it. Ephesians 6, 
Just turn back a few pages there. Galatians, Ephesians 6, 21 and 22. And I meant to say 24. I don't know why it says 20. We're going to read through 24. I'll read the odd and you read the even this time. But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus. This time it's Tychicus. It was Timothy before. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things. Read 22 with me. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. See that? Isn't it nice Paul had some people he could send to be a comfort? Verse 23 then says, Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. <laughs> and then I say it all. But he was able to send Tychicus because Tychicus was full of the Word of God. And when he would get there, he would tell them what God's Word said. That's, that's what all you're supposed to do, folks. God has not said anywhere in His Word that He's called you to be Mr. or uh, Personality or Miss or Mrs. Congeniality. Some of you just, you know... Uh, I've talked to you and you've told me. You just don't feel comfortable when you, you know, kind of being out there. That God hasn't told you to be anything other than His messenger. And when you're sitting with somebody, it doesn't matter whether you're the most eloquent. It doesn't matter if it just rolls off your tongue. Uh, I've been with people that stutter as bad as Mel Tillis. Show your age and tell me you know who Mel Tillis is. Some of you look it up on the internet. But 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 male he was he's like Porky Pig. Thank you, I get that one. But it was something about it. He would sing and not stutter. Amen. And you know, I've been around people who were like that when they started quoting God's word. They would stutter, and then when they would speak God's word, the stuttering would be gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or when he sang. Yeah. What about when he prayed? Same? Yeah. 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 But you know what? Even if you do stutter, even if you're talking, tell someone the word of God. I stutter. You can hear me do it. I do it all the time while I'm teaching. I just, I don't let it get my way. <laughs> just keep talking. It's God's word. Just keep saying it. You stutter a little bit, keep with it. Amen. And you can be a comfort to somebody. You can be a Timothy or a Tychicus. Sometimes we can comfort by sharing our past experiences. Yeah. That's a very important thing. Look over 2 Corinthians, just a few pages to the left there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's part of Paul's greeting, the beginning of his letter. Verse 3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all what? Read 4 with me who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. 
For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. In other words, if you're suffering, uh, Jesus suffered, what makes you better than your Lord? All who live godly will in this world, in Christ Jesus, will suffer persecution. There's a memory verse I have about partially memorized. But the bottom line is, if you live for the Lord, you're going to suffer. Get that through your head. Well, then when it's over with, not only will you have experienced the sustaining power of God in your life, the next guy comes along and goes through some suffering. Now you're, you've got your license. You've got your credentials. Your street creds, whatever you want to call them. And now you can sit down with them and say, you know, I don't like a lot of what has gone on in my life. But it's amazing how many times I've been able to sit down with somebody because I can say I went through that. I've been able to minister to them. So if the Bible doesn't. The Bible never says to be thankful for everything. But it says in everything give thanks. And why? Because even in your suffering, you don't have to thank God for the fact that you know, you got ran over and broke both your legs and your spleen busted and all that. But while you're laying there in the hospital, you can thank the Lord knowing that He, well, He spared you and He's going to use what you're going through someday. Amen. And you'll be a comfort to somebody else. And let me tell you, there's been a couple of times where that's the only thing I had to be thankful for. Is to say, Lord, I know you're going to use this. I don't know why I'm going through it, but I know you're going to use it. And he does. But we should always find and share comfort in the rapture. That's something no matter what my experience is, and I've been able to help somebody, but then I can look at it and say, you know what? This could be over in the next moment. Somebody could be going through something be suicidal. And I said, do you realize why? You could, you, you're about ready to pull that trigger, or even the moment you pull that trigger could be the moment the rapture takes place. What a bummer. <laughs> Talk about bad timing. Yeah. There's never good timing for suicide, but that'd be really bad timing. But it doesn't matter what you're going through. If it kills you, you go to heaven. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you a better servant, usable for the Lord, a, a vessel fit for honor. So that's what we're being told back in our text. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Speaking about the rapture. Just a couple of minutes, but have you tried to comfort folks with the truth of the rapture? Has anybody here had that moment where you've been able to comfort somebody? Maybe you've told them what you've gone through or whatever, but at that time as well, you've been able to bring up the issue of the rapture. Yeah, Jenny? I did it with Sherry. Yeah? Lady from the uh, self-checkout, Mary Matter. She's, uh, she's going through a lot. She's, uh, she's down to uh, twice a week now with chemo. Oh. And she was going a lot more. So the doctor said she's progressing really well. Mm-hmm. Jessica? I, I had spoken with my bus driver and that, you know, about Christ and about us, that we'll be, 
I don't know if I've said take it out of here. I'm like that. Would that be the rapture? Be taken up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what you mean? What I don't. Well, try to comfort those. Well, now you're. That's a little different, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with bringing that up. You're talking to an unsaved person. Well, no, I think she's. I think she's saved. Okay. But we would talk about. Yeah. Anytime you're talking to her, and you can encourage her. And I pray with her. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the main point I want to bring out in this study is that I just have found that a lot of Christians don't think of the rapture as a point to bring up when they're comforting somebody. Oh, I know I do. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of people who just, you know, uh, also, we have a lot of people who have come through from other churches and they've told me, those other churches, they rarely even mention the rapture. They would say they even believe in it. It's in their doctrinal statement, but they, they rarely ever... Did you have your hand up? Well, yeah, I was talking to Brian Sunday, and he encourages himself with that. Yeah. Because I was just... I was praying that the Lord could intervene somehow. Yeah. And he wouldn't have to have that intrusive of the surgery. And he said, well, yeah, the rapture can happen. Yeah. So he is using it to even encourage himself. That's... Like, let's say you got something going on in uh, three weeks, and a lot of people really let that eat them up for three weeks. And you say, you know what? I'm going to worry for nothing. The rapture can happen the day, moment before I go in. I've wasted all this time worrying. Yeah. Amen. Mark? Amen. That um, one of the old Southern Gospel songs. I was telling Jenny, I can't remember all the words, but uh, it goes: uh, One day when I take that final breath, the doctor's gonna look at me and say, "You're dead." That's when it's finally gonna be revealed. I tell you, brother, death ain't no big deal. That's our attitude should be like that. Now, uh, we have people that we're not wanting to leave behind and things like that, but uh, death is just the door. And then the rapture, of course, we don't have to see death, so it's even better. Well, what I was trying to say is, it seems like the older I get, the less the thought of the, the thought of it hurts. I don't want to get smeared all over the face. That's why I said it's not death that bothers me, it's the dying part. <laughs> yeah. Doug? Yeah, I uh, was, when I, when I had my cornea transplants, I uh, uh, was taking a real hot bath right before I, I, I went to the cornea doctor because it, it, it was in uh, February when I had it done. And uh, they said, you go over there, there there's, a, there's a lazy boy, just, just one over there. I went over there and I fell asleep. And uh, the doctor comes over and says, he wakes me up and says, most people are scared and they're crying and everything else. You're, you're sleeping. I said, oh, you know. The Lord said, I, I, I'm okay. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. and, and the second thing, when you're talking about 
Saturday, and this is kind of funny, but uh, I, I used to talk and uh, like Mel Tillis constantly, and uh, I used to knock on doors to sell things for the school, and I tried to sell it three times, you know, and I would eat, 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 <laughs> and if they didn't buy it, I'd go back to do, do you want one? Well, well, yeah, I'll buy that. Just to get you <laughs> the sales tech <laughs> technique. <laughs> well, that's what family does. Amen? Comfort one another. That's what he's telling us. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's why I bring this up because uh, I ask you if you've had the opportunity because that would only work talking to Christians. This is comforting family. May not be BBF family. We're a close-knit family here. But you realize everybody who's washed in the blood of Jesus Christ is your family. And so it's a sad thing when we talk to somebody whose family and Satan has robbed them of this hope. Because it's really hard then to comfort them if they won't accept the comfort of God's Word. And I just want to point out our little intro here. That's a missionary uh, comforting a little orphan boy. That's sometimes you can be the hand of Jesus on somebody's back just like that little boy. Then uh, isn't it amazing we see that in the animal kingdom? That's what the millennium is going to be like. (laughs) And then there's this last one here. Uh, in just a second. This is a pizza delivery guy. Little boy goes out there to hug him. He just buried his own little boy. And that little boy, he said it was like he sensed that he was grieving because when he went in, he saw that little boy and he almost broke down crying just when he saw that. And he's getting ready to leave and that boy chased him to give him a hug. (laughs) So, just thought that was... Amazing. So in closing, let's read ahead. Go to 2 Thessalonians. We're going to close with this reading. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 17. I'll start with 6 and you join me with the odd. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, 
whether ye, by word or our epistle, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and be established you in every good word and word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the comfort that we find knowing the truths found in this word. The comfort of knowing you could rapture us out of here at any moment will not only be glorified and put off all the ailments and illnesses and never have to face even death, but will also be surrounded by the saints, many of whom have gone before us that we know and love, but most of all that we'll be caught up in your presence to meet you in the air and to forever be with you. That is the main comfort that we have. I pray that everybody in this room, everyone listening online or on the radio, however they hear this message, Lord, give them uh, eyes to see and ears to hear the comforting truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.